Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good everyone. It's CJ. Hopefully everyone's having a fantastic day and, and we are back. We are live again with another edition of Hanging with Harley. I want to thank all of our listeners, uh, all of our people that tune in on a weekly basis. Uh, very important right now as you tune in to listening to Harley uh, to go over, do us a favor, jump over to the Schillerinstitute.com, bookmark, subscribe. We're very thankful for our, our relationship with the Schiller Institute as well as the LaRouche organization in terms of the vast majority of content, whether it's Harley's uh, daily updates or the Schiller Institute's uh, conferences. It's very important right now, not only to tune in and listen, but also to share that information, share that within your network, uh, within your family, your friends, so that we can continue uh, to counter the uh, the agenda that we're, we're, uh, we're facing. So uh, with that being said, Harley, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, CJ. Good to talk with you. Yeah, great to talk with you as Harley as well, Harley. Uh, we have a, a ma- multitude of things uh, that are that are happening right now, um, Harley. And I'm optimistic, Harley, uh, but at the same time, I'm 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 nervous. If that makes any sense, Harley. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be deaf and dumb to not be nervous when you have <laughs> crew of evil incompetence running things. Uh, but the reason to be optimistic is that they're losing control. And we saw that with the G20 summit where they intended to push everybody into a condemnation of Russia. But this was not just the G7. The G7 issued their own statement condemning Russia, but the G20 just said, we hope to have an end to the war in Ukraine. They didn't cast a blame. And then they said, we also have are concerned with the question of sanctions. Now, that's a reflection of India, China, Indonesia, and the other developing countries that are a part of the the, uh, G20, because they're basically saying, you're not the only game in town. And this was also manifest in Cairo at the COP27 conference, where they tried to push through a zero growth policy for countries that they've been keeping on zero growth for years. And the developing sector countries wouldn't accept it. They, they had two areas they disagreed on. One, getting rid of fossil fuels. And the media is trying to say, well, this was the Saudis who are pushing this agenda. No, it was the whole South because they need liquefied natural gas. They need oil. They need nuclear power. And they were unwilling to go along with the one size fits all green agenda. And then secondly, they forced the, the so-called advanced countries to put up some money to mitigate the effects of so-called climate change. And I think it's interesting, the president of Kenya in his speech was talking about climate change. And then he said, 
But this really isn't something new. This is the worst drought we've had in 40 years, but we had droughts like this before. So, you know, the so-called rules-based order took a couple of shots to the teeth. But in the midst of this, what do they do? They unleash Zelensky with this Ukrainian rocket that, that hit a silo, a grain silo in Poland close to the Ukraine border and killed two Polish citizens. How did the media treat this initially? Russian rockets hit and kill Polish citizens in NATO member Poland. This was the line that came out. The Associated Press initially interviewed a so-called intelligence source, probably the usual lying source from the CIA, who said, yes, it was a Russian rocket. And then when Biden was briefed, I think he was awakened in the middle of the night in Bali at the summit, and he came out and said, no, we don't have evidence that it's Russia. We should wait and see what the evidence is. And in the meantime, the Associated Press found three other anonymous intelligence sources who said it was not a Russian missile. But all the press the next day, especially in Great Britain, Putin's rockets kill NATO member citizens. So they were demanding Article 4 be invoked, Article 4 of NATO, which means automatic consultation when any member is attacked. And some were calling for Article 5, which was action to protect NATO members. And so this was the line that was circulating. Zelensky then came out and said, this was not a Ukrainian missile. And he said that a few times. Kuleba, the lunatic defense minister of Ukraine, said anyone who says it was a Ukrainian missile is pushing Russian uh, information warfare. And then the deputy defense minister of Ukraine was in London, gave an interview in which he said, we're in this to the last man. We're not going to stop fighting. And we think that sooner or later something will happen, a black swan event in Russia, like Putin getting sick or dying uh, or a regime change. And then he said, we expect to be in Crimea by the end of December. Hmm. Uh, this is where you see the Hitler in the bunker with hmm. Zelensky, Kuleba, the Ukrainian military. Uh, they think they're winning the war. They're not. And we're seeing now more breaks in NATO. Uh, we're, we're seeing the Europeans putting up the stop sign. The At the G20, while the pressure was on from especially the British for denunciations of Russia, the most of the world was meeting with China, with Xi Jinping. And they were trying to get Xi to break with Russia, and he wouldn't do it. In fact, he talked about how China's trade with Russia is increasing and will grow bigger. Then in the midst of this, the Japanese announced they just made a deal with Russia to get Sakhalin Island oil, which was another blow to the, the Western alliance. And then you had the, the development of uh, most of the rest of the countries watching the West back away from their defense of Zelensky. So I think we're, we're on the verge of something that could be a moment of great optimism. The problem is that in the United States, we still have a political establishment, which is largely run by these corporate cartels in the defense sector, in the financial sector, who are pushing for uh, the, their so-called great reset. And of course, they took a blow also with the FTX uh, blowout because this goes right to the heart
of the phony digitalization that, that's being pushed to have central bank digitalization uh, and, and also have that going side by side with private sector digitalization, digital currencies and what happened. It not only blew out, but it turns out there are a lot of scandals connected to it. And we're just beginning to see the, the, the get to the bottom of that. So CJ, you're not alone being scared because these lunatics are pressing to extend the war. But I think it's possible that the, at some point the Ukrainian desire to suffer will, will stop and the Ukrainians will stop allowing themselves to be used as cannon fodder. And if that doesn't happen, the Europeans will break because the European economies are on the verge of breaking. Uh, one final note, the European Central Bank put out a report on Thursday saying that Europe is going to have negative growth, that the, there's a danger of uh, contamination from developing sector debt, from European debt, member nation debt of the EU, and uh, corporate debt. And it was a, a very negative report. And then the British announced over the next two years, they're expecting a negative 7% decline in their GDP. So not good news if you're a monetarist uh, oriented toward the city of London and Wall Street. <clears throat> no, very well said, Harley. I think, uh, you know, globally, we're literally in real time watching refute of all Western uh, policies and, and hegemony. And it's in it's in real time. And, and in fact, I believe at the point where uh, Biden had requested to uh, for Xi Jinping to come over and meet him at their hotel and their establishment that uh, Xi said, no, you can come over here. You, we, we don't need to go over to where you're going to be. You need to meet us here in our our area and discuss those things. And and there are major fractures that are occurring. And that's where well, and CJ, just but, one other point yeah. on the Xi Jinping presence at this, the public dressing down of Justin Trudeau. I hope your Canadian viewers and listeners saw that because there's this line circulating in Canada that Trudeau is a, is a Xi puppet and Trudeau is letting the Chinese move their military into Canada to prepare to attack the United States. And uh, Xi Jinping in front of everyone told Trudeau that he has no right to leak their private discussions. Trudeau went away like a puppy with his tail between his legs. Uh, and, and the importance of this is that this was a message to the whole five eyes because he did not meet with the British. He did meet with Biden, and we'll see what happens with that. It, it's important to realize that there's a whole faction in the U.S. Republican Party which is saying, let's stop the war in Ukraine so we can prepare for war with China. That's another no-win situation, another uh, loss of brain power for people who are saying that. So possibly... This meeting will with between Xi and Biden will shift things a little bit, but in the in the short term, uh, the city of London did not get what it wanted out of the G20. And and one other point, the the London Economist, the publication set up by the Rothschilds, the publication of the City of London banks, ran a story the day of after the missile strike, saying that the West must not get cold feet. It attacked General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who basically said, Ukraine's not going to win the war. Why not negotiate now when you seem to have some uh, um, success on your side? And the economists came out and said, oh, the Americans are showing their nerves. 
and they referred to the time that Margaret Thatcher said she had to get George Bush to, to stiffen his spine to go into Iraq in the first Gulf War. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that's about all you could stiffen in George H.W. Bush. But the idea that Thatcher is the one who's going to stiffen something gives you a sense of the perversion of these guys. Correct, correct. And, you know, yes, that was a, a very pivotal moment and exposed a lot of, of, of the, the fractures that are that are occurring. And, and Harley, I can only hope that through some of the uh, outspoken uh, leadership, uh, for example, the new Italian uh, uh, Prime Minister uh, Maloney has expressed very much a discontent from some, some for France in particular with Macron uh, that she can continue some of those fractures that are that are happening because I think in part that's what's going to take is for uh, not only Germany for but for some of the other European Union blocks is to really break away and understand that the emperor has no clothes that the the paradigm shift is occurring and either they can either pivot and do so gracefully or to I hate to say this Harley but die by the sword of, of Western hegemony. Well, and, and that's that's where they're headed. But there, there's a very interesting video done a couple of days ago by Scott Ritter with a German uh, a video, a German website, which I think is called Big Brother is Watching or something like that. But he lectured the Germans. He said, so you want war with Russia? You want to die for NATO? Germany's had wars with Russia. How did those go? What's wrong with you people? Why are you sheep for NATO? You think they have your back? And it went on and on like that. A very tough talking to, to the Germans. And I think, and Ritter's been doing that uh, generally. Douglas McGregor's been doing that. Uh, we've been having a, a series of conferences, as, as many of your viewers know. We have another one tomorrow where we're going to have a number of current and former legislators from different countries, including a number from uh, South America, who are talking about this question of a new paradigm. And it's going to be a, a longer one this time, going from, uh, uh, I think, 10 in the morning, or let's say 9.30 in the morning. Yep, yep. But people can sign up for it. Uh, these have been very important in building an opposition, including the last one had two top military, former military leaders of France who spoke. You mentioned Maloney. The Italians, Maloney met with Xi Jinping and they discussed the long-term tradition of Italian-Chinese relations going back to Marco Polo. Polo. This is the new Silk Road they were discussing. Uh, so, and, and there, you're right, there is tension between France and Italy, France and Germany. I think the situation in Germany scares the British and American leadership because Schultz is starting to move a little bit. He's under attack from the Greens. Well, good, the Greens are completely lunatic and Schultz should kick him out of his cabinet. And if he's worried about it, call for a new election. The Green New Deal is going to freeze a lot of people in Germany this winter. And so it's, it's essential that we get a change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Harley, I have to get your, your, your thoughts on this because history may know it was History may not always repeat, but it sure does rhyme. And what uh, is is in development is an actual Eurasian economic union potentially set up in in, in Cuba. In, in fact, I believe that uh, later on this month is that uh, Putin is set to meet with the Cuban president uh, to discuss this. So this time it may not be in regards to um, 
military, but it very well could be economic type things that are establishing. So what are your thoughts on that, Harley? Well, that's what we've been talking about, a Eurasian integration, which is part of the, if you think of the Belt and Road Initiative as a as corridors of development, which include land-based, like high-speed rail, but also the maritime Silk Road. And the idea that the Chinese are saying to the people of South America, you need integration, you need investment, you're not getting it from the IMF, you're not getting it from the United States, but we'll make that available. And the West keeps saying, oh, but this is a debt trap. Well, it's not a debt trap, it's the only place they're getting credit, they're getting investment, they're getting good terms, and the Chinese are willing to talk about regional currency blocks. For example, the African Union is, is reconsidering what Gaddafi proposed before he got ousted and murdered, which is the idea of an African currency uh, that could be linked with Saudi oil. So, you know, move away from the petrodollar is occurring. The, the idea of Eurasian integration has been the great bugaboo for the British elite going back to the 1860s, 70s, and 80s, especially when Germany started the industrialization under Bismarck and talked to Russia about uh, Berlin to Vladivostok Railroad, Berlin to Baghdad Railroad, uh, the idea of a German-French-Russian alliance scared the British so much that they spent the decade of 1900 to 19, well, 1908, basically, breaking France from that, getting the Entente Cordiale with France, and then breaking the Russians to get the Triple Entente in, in 1907 to prepare for World War I. Why, what were they worried about? If you have a physical economic union with German engineering and technology plus German capital, with Russian science, Russian resources, this will obliterate the power to control the terms of trade and, and, and financial transactions that are held by London. This is what they've always been afraid of. And that's why there's a war in Ukraine right now. The, the, the British and the, the Americans don't give a hoot mm. for the freedom and, and uh, security of Ukraine. If they did, they wouldn't have pulled off a coup in 2014. They wouldn't be giving them the weapons to kill off the Ukrainian people. So, you know, I think someone's got to get through to saner forces in Ukraine, and there are some, and just say to them, look, now's the time for you to move out from under this NATO operation and make a peace. Absolutely. And Zelensky sent his defense minister, deputy defense minister to London saying there'll be no negotiations. Well, that's sort of repaying Boris Johnson for coming at the end of March, early April, telling the Ukrainians not to negotiate for peace. So you have a war party that's tied to a bankrupt financial system, financial scandal, and so on, versus an optimistic view of physical economic development to make a better future for the young people. And by the way, there are a lot of young people in Africa and Asia Whereas we're seeing in Europe and even in the United States, if you take away immigration, the U.S. population is aging. So the optimism is coming from Asia and the war policy is coming from London and Wall Street. Yeah, very well said, Harley. Harley, uh, pivot and uh, get your thoughts on this real quick in, in closing. But 
obviously we've seen a, a change in and somewhat some of the political guard here in the United States with uh, we have now a, a, a divided house and, and Senate within the United States. And I've been following some of the conversations that are that are happening. And uh, I wanted your thoughts on this, because this, this is my take, Harley, is that at this point, I, I don't care for investigations into into to, to Biden. I, I don't need anything else to express what I already know. Right. I don't need investigations <laughs> into, into Fauci and all these things to waste taxpayers money and, and, and time. But what I do need is the conservative leadership is to begin the actions to defund some of these institutions that have really hindered the United States, whether that's uh, defunding uh, the war for Ukraine or it's defunding uh, the uh, some of the institutions that have really um, and, and have been really uh, protecting uh, some of the the ruling class in, in in our country. That's one legislative thing that they can do. I, I don't need the smoke and mirrors, Harley. I I need the adults to enter the room in the United States instead of instead of playing what what is is politics that we're gonna we're gonna uh, impeach Biden. All those I I don't care at this point, Harley. What I care about is looking out for our country for our people and moving forward to reconstruct our country and get us back on the right path of embracing the national, the global landscape of the multipolar world, Harley. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the obvious point is that since the Senate is going to be in democratic hands, there's, there's not going to be a successful uh, in, in, um, impeachment of Biden. And it's, as you say, a waste of money in the same way, it was a waste of money with Trump. But what's the intent? To make sure the real issues aren't discussed. And the real issue is not whether Joe Biden's uh, son's Hunter is corrupt. We know he's corrupt. The real issue is what do you do about it? You have to take power away from the establishment, as you were saying. And I, the establishment is not Joe Biden, just as it wasn't Trump. The establishment is the corporate cartels that are interlinked, that are pushing the Green New Deal, that are pushing the, the Great Reset, they're, they're pushing the new all power to the central banks. That's what has to be stopped. Now, that could be stopped easily. And it's interesting, uh, Josh Hawley put out a pretty good statement about the need to for the conservative movement and the Republicans to stand for something positive. And you know, Trump and his... Uh, uh, announcement speech the other day. He was sort of all over the place, hitting themes from 2016 and, and the 2020 vote question. But what I thought was the most important was he started with the idea of the NASA launch. Today, we just had the Orion uh, orbiting the moon. This is where you have to go into the technologies, the science of the future that give people hope that instead of fighting for a, a bigger piece of a shrinking pie on, on Earth, expanding the pie, which we can do with science and technology. So I think the, and, and I, I was encouraged when I saw Paul Gosar, the Republican from Arizona, put out a strong statement saying, I have two words for Biden on the new money package for Ukraine. Hell no. And if the Republicans would would scare the hell out of the so-called progressive Democrats who are so terrified of their own shadow that they won't come out against the war. If the American people would do what my young associates are doing, which is confronting the war hawks, whether it's AOC, whether it's Biden, whether it's John Bolton, 
whether it's Mike Pompeo, whether it's uh, Elizabeth Warren, my young associates have been going to these town meetings and saying, why are you funding Nazis in Ukraine who are pushing us into a nuclear war with Russia? And these guys can't answer. Bernie Sanders <laughs> responded by saying, who's paying you? You know, which is the <laughs> which God. is the line that people used to ask Bernie, who's paying him? So, right. you know, what we're this this is the new paradigm. Speak truth to power. Don't be intimidated. Yeah. And I I think that's the Republicans could address these things, and they'll they'll probably find some Democrats who are not suicidal mani maniacs. Right. Maybe they won't, but at least look for some. And you know, then I think we can do something, and that's that's why we're having these forums uh, again tomorrow, uh, Tuesday at 9:30 a.m. at the Schillerinstitute.com. Stop the danger of nuclear war now. We're going to have a really interesting lineup, which will include Colonel Richard Black, who's been very outspoken on the Ukraine war. So I hope people can join us for that. Yeah, absolutely. Harley, one, again, uh, thank you for a great discussion for our listeners. I, I have the link posted in the uh, chat. I'll go back in the description at it so you can go in and register for the uh, conference tomorrow over at the Schiller Institute. Uh, Stop the danger of nuclear war now. Uh, but that's the point where we've arrived. I, I firmly believe it's it's time that we, uh, we the people, start expecting more of our electorate um, and, and demanding uh, some of those changes. So uh, Harley, thank you so much for a great conversation and I uh, want to wish uh, you and your family a, a great Thanksgiving. I'm sure you'll celebrate uh, there. You there. know, we, we, we can't find a decent turkey in, in uh, Potsdam. And if we did find one, the German ovens are too small. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make do with a couple of good roast chickens and cranberries and uh, we'll have some fun. There you go. Yeah. Every once in a while you have to call an audible. So. And ha happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. All right. Harley, thank you so much. And again, for our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor. Uh, make sure you share this. Also go to the SchillerInstitute.com. Uh, get your registration set up for that. Uh, we will try to simulcast uh, some of that conversation as well. And uh, for our listeners, enjoy your uh, holiday week. And Harley, we will see you next week at some point. Okay, CJ.